Welcome to Inside the Boat, ladies and gentlemen, how y'all doing? It's Dave Jones, and I'm your host, and before I get started into today's podcast, we have a special quick podcast for you today. Um, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. It's free. There's a lot of good information on the market and things of that nature. We're trying, especially with the market the way it is now, we're trying to make sure that we're keeping up with uh, all the latest and greatest, So, and then also have a little bit of fun while we're at it. Uh, today's episode, we're going to be spending some time with the Windermere Chief Economist, Matthew Gardiner, and he's going to be talking about the landscape for mortgage rates and inflation in 2022. So this is definitely something you want to hear. He always comes with some great information. So here we go. With that, here's Matthew Gardiner. Hello there. I'm Windermere Real Estate's Chief Economist, Matthew Gardiner, and welcome to this month's episode of Mondays with Matthew. You know, one of the many things I love about being an economist is that it is a remarkably humbling profession. You see, just when we start to believe that our models are close to perfection, something comes along to remind us that forecasting isn't an exact science. Now, if you're wondering what I'm talking about, well, I recently took a look at the 2022 mortgage rate forecast that I put out at the start of the year. And, well, let's say that rates rose at a far faster pace than I had anticipated. Anyway, I thought that now would be a good time to take another look at rates and share my thoughts on the direction that they will likely take for the rest of the year, and also my reasoning behind it. And that means we need to talk about one thing, inflation. So, a quick look back. As you can see, there wasn't much to celebrate in 2018, rates rising from 3.95% to 4.94% before pulling back and ending the year at around 4.5%. In 2019, rates fell following the Fed's announcement that they were likely done with raising the Fed funds rate. And the mortgage market, while it also reacted positively to announcements from the White House that they were going to impose tariffs on select Chinese imported goods. We saw an uptick last summer, but that was mainly due to news related to Brexit. In 2020, rates were dropping, but spiked very briefly when COVID-19 shut the country down and bond markets panicked. But with the Fed jumping in with an emergency rate cut and announcing that they would start buying a significant number of treasuries and mortgage-backed securities, rates tumbled to an all-time low of just 2.66%. Well, in 2021, rates rose as new COVID infections plummeted. They then dropped again as the Delta variant took hold, but ultimately trended modestly higher in the second half of the year. And then we get to 2022. Rates started the year at just over 3.1%, but have since skyrocketed to over 5.8% before a small pullback that started a few weeks ago. Now, in as much as economists expected rates to rise this year, nobody anticipated how fast they would rise. So what went wrong? Well, there's actually a rather simple answer. Even though we expected rates to trend higher in 2022, there were two things that hadn't been built into our forecast models. One, Russia's invasion of the Ukraine, and two, that inflation was going to continue climbing for far longer than we had expected. So how do things look for the rest of this year? To explain my thinking, it's important to remember that the bond market and, by implication, mortgage rates hate nothing more than high inflation. Because when inflation is running hot, it limits demand for bonds, which, in turn, 
forces the interest rate payable on those bonds to rise, and this pushes mortgage rates higher. But what's been fascinating to watch is that over the past couple of weeks, rates have actually been dropping, which is certainly counterintuitive given where inflation is today. And the only reason I can see for this is that bond traders are thinking that inflation may well be topping out. Well, then we got the June CPI numbers, and it certainly did not suggest that inflation was slowing. In fact, it showed the opposite. But even though the total inflation rate hasn't yet peaked, I believe that a shift has actually started and that we are closer to a peak in inflation than you may think. The June CPI report showed the headline inflation rate still trending higher. But look at the core rate, and that excludes the volatile food and energy sectors. And that's actually been pulling back for the past three months. And consumer spending, when adjusted for inflation, well, that fell 0.4% in May. And that's the first monthly drop since last December. And I expect that the June number, when it comes out at the end of the month, that's going to show spending dropping even further. And this is very important, and it's an important data set that often gets overlooked. But it is starting to tell me that the economy is slowing because of inflation, and slower spending acts as a headwind to further price increases. The Core Personal Consumption Expenditures Price Index, well, that's up 4.7% year over year. This was the smallest annual increase since last November. And you can see that it is also starting to roll over. This index is actually the Fed's favorite measure of inflation, as it's more comprehensive than the CPI number because it measures the change in spending for all consumers, not just urban households. And the five-year inflation break-even, well, that's plunged more than a full percentage point since peaking at just under 3.6% late March. Now, this number is important because it lets us know where bond traders expect the average inflation rate to be over the next five years. The producer price index measures inflation at the wholesale, not retail level. And even though the total rate rose as energy costs continue to impact the manufacturing sector, the core rate has been pulling back again for the past three months. Now let's take a quick look at some commodity prices and see what's going on there. The price for natural gas down 34% from its recent high, which is a bit surprising given the war in the Ukraine. But these are the numbers. Copper prices down 26% from the recent June peak and also down substantially from March. Soybean prices are down 10%. And finally, wheat prices, again, despite the war in the Ukraine, are down 27% from June. And look at this. It appears if gas prices have also rolled over. Of course, here on the West Coast, it is more expensive than the nation. And even when you take out California from the equation. And finally, to cap things off, traders must also be pondering the same numbers as I am because bond yields themselves have been tumbling at both the long and short ends of the yield curve, with a 10-year note still yielding less than 3% even after the CPI report. And two-year yields, whilst still elevated, are still down from 2.42%, which we saw just two weeks ago. So given all the charts we've looked at, I hope that you two are seeing some light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to the likelihood that inflation is about to start easing. 
No doubt the headline inflation number for June wasn't one that anyone wanted to see, but if the trends we've looked at continue, I still expect inflation to start slowly creeping lower, which will push bond prices higher, yields will start to, if not drop, then certainly pause, and that will allow mortgage rates to hold at or close to their current levels for the time being. But we could actually see rates coming down a little, but they will still start with a five for the foreseeable future. I hope that you found my thoughts of interest. As always, if you've got any questions or comments about this particular topic, please do reach out to me. But in the meantime, stay safe out there. I look forward to visiting with you all again next month. Bye now.